little extra Lambo. Coming to you from the Palatial Podcast Studios right here, Spokane, Washington. We have a great show. This is a special edition show because it isn't Friday when the show usually comes out. We are a Monday morning because of the time significance behind this show. I have a guest on with me. He comes from the East Coast. He comes from the other side of the country where things are a little bit earlier in the future than here in Spokane, Washington by three hours. Um, he is the local prepper. Uh, found him on TikTok. Been following him for a while. Following all of his tips and advices and and different product mail days and you know just a wealth of knowledge. And I've been following him to make sure that I'm on the right path for my for my prepping, for my preparing, for my you know everything that else that I have going on. Uh, share as much content of his that I can because it is very useful. Got his start in YouTube. He was making videos, and he, we kind of talks about that a little bit in the show. And but I found him on TikTok. Um, TikTok is a is a great tool because it's the easiest way to to reach your masses very quickly through video. Uh, sitting there typing out a bunch of a bunch of words takes a lot of time, and sometimes it can be misconstrued. So TikTok is a very useful tool. Uh, he uses YouTube, Rumble, Brighton, Facebook, and Instagram as well. You can find him at, at uh, his webpage, localprepper.net. Also has a podcast, which he is is dabbling in. Um, he's on Anchor and Spotify as well. Same name, Local Prepper. And he also offered, I don't know if he's still doing it or not. Um, we, we talked about it on the show, but he's also offering a prepping 101 class. So if you follow him on TikTok, those will pop up every now and then for when he has things available. But you can get on the Patreon, and it's $3 a month to get on there and he will answer any questions he'll answer product advice he'll answer anything like that through the through the patreon so get onto his website localprepper.net uh, we talk about the food shortage that is 20 days away from us and that is why the significance of the show i wanted to get it out on monday and not wait until next friday to put it out because we don't have much time left now is the world ending in 20 days right at midnight boom it's done no if you think that, go fuck yourself. This is the timeline that people in a very powerful position, which we talk about it. Her name is Sarah Menker. She's the uh, is a CEO of a company, and she was in front of the United Nations Security Council for the global food security. It's a big fucking deal. And if you if you follow along with market trends, you follow along with what she's saying in front of the United Nations Security Council. It's not coming from a bunch of yahoos who, you know, have a couple canned goods stored away in the pantry. This is from viable people on a global level. And I can't stress it enough that you just need to start getting prepared for food shortages. They are right in front of us. From what she had said, we had 10 weeks. We're we're thinking we have about 20 days left from the time that she made that video to that's how much food storage is left in this country. Give or take a few days. Hopefully it's give more. You know, hopefully we have a, uh, maybe a couple more weeks after that. But you're going to start seeing significant changes 
to your food supply. The shit coming into your store, all of the stuff you're going to buy at the farmer's market, you're going to start seeing it and you're going to start feeling it. We break it down. There are five key things that that are are really affecting our food supply. Fertilizer, climate, cooking oil, grain, logistics. One of those things going wrong, man, that sucks. We got to figure out a way to do that. All five of them hitting the fan at the same time is a catastrophe. And that is 20 days away staring at us in the face. So please like this show. Please follow along with this show um, and share the show to your friends. But be ready, man. I, I can't I can't stress it enough. Email me, extralambo at gmail.com or shoot me a message on Facebook, uh, main page, Extra Lambo Facebook page, Instagram, my TikTok account, Extra, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, South Hill Podcast Studios is my main account. My backup is Patriot Lambo One on TikTok. If you need help, just just start start by emailing me. I'll tell you where to start, man. Uh, we'll we'll come up with a plan, but you have to start. You have 20 days, and don't be panicked by. You know, the I call them mega preppers. They're the guys who have been doing it for several years now, you know, just getting ready, being prepared. If we're wrong, let's say let's say that this food shortage happens, but it doesn't last very long. You know, we're 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 planning for, you know, let's just say two years. Two years of low food food shortage. Two to five. Okay, that's what these experts. That's what that's what they're they're broadcasting. That's what their their belief is. Let's say it happens for a couple months, five six months, and then we get back on the track where things open up. The you know something a, a miracle happens of some sorts. Then you have a pantry full of food. You're all stocked up. You have food that you're going to use. You have toothbrushes, toothpaste, mouthwash, feminine products. You have extras of this stuff that is there for you to use. That's not going to go bad. You just have now you have extras of it. So what? Who cares? But what if it's not 20 days? What if it's in what's it, what if it's in 14 days? What if this starts? You start seeing it. What if we run out of diesel? Our truckers can't move product around this country. What if what if, and you're not prepared? That's what you got to ask yourself. So within the podcast, we talk about where to start. Um, you know, plan on 10 meals, 10 meals extra. You go to the store, you're buying groceries, plan 10 meals. That's your safety. That's your safety hold. That'll last you 10 days. And then next time you go, grab another 10 meals. Now you've got 20 meals. Okay. Kind of see where we're going here. But we talk about that within the show. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the show. I don't want to eat your snack before dinner time, right? So come if you have questions after this, email me, shoot me a message, call me. We'll set up a plan. Don't don't just blow past this as as it's just a bunch of hogwash. Cuz the worst thing that's going to happen is you've got a pantry full of food. That's the worst that's going to happen if you're not prepared. Or I'm sorry, if you are prepared for and something doesn't happen. Just be ready, please. So anyway, it's the local prepper, localprepper.net or TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, Brighton, Facebook, Instagram, uh, any of that information. Follow my uh, link tree 
And then all of these will be on the prologue of the show. You should be able to just to copy paste and put it to where, however you want to, you want to listen to them or find them. So in a simple Google search, but localprepper.net is where you can find his webpage. That also takes you to the shortcut to all of his links. So without further ado, this was a great show and we, a lot of information came across. So without further ado, I give you the local prepper. So we are here with the local prepper. Um, he's at localprepper.net. Uh, you can find him on TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, Brighton, Facebook, Instagram. He also has a podcast that's on Anchor and Spotify. So if any of these uh, any of these sound interesting to you, check him out. He has lots of information. And also, you offered a, a prepping 101 class. You want to tell us just a little bit about that without giving away too much information or, you know, tell us, tell us what you were doing. Well, yeah, well, when I first got into this, there was a lot of people, I know a lot of people that just had no idea what, 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 how to even get started. And it's, it's actually very simple, but they just think that it's bigger than it really is. You know, so what I would do is I would just basically offer them, you know, uh, a little bit of my, my time, teach them the basics, you know, uh, and get them going and then if they wanted even more help later on down the road then you know obviously time is money you know things like that um the reality is is that it's not difficult to do uh and we would i would just offer that class for free uh just just i'd literally just go online and say here i'm going to teach you guys anything you want to know here let's go over the basics and then start asking questions and that's how we did it i find that when when i get that question of of, you know, you're, you're into prepping, you're doing this, you're doing that. Where do I start? And that seems to be the common question. Where do I even start? It's some people are overwhelmed by it. And with everything that they see of all of these, you know, the, the mega preppers is what I call them. The, everybody who's, who's been prepared for several years now, they're so far advanced. They get a little intimidated by the prepping aspect when really you start with three days. You start with three weeks. You start with three months of food and just make sure that you keep a rotating stock of food and then you move to the other things. Um, is that is that kind of what you tell the people you talk to as well? Yeah, uh, they, they just need to do it incrementally. That way it doesn't blow their budget out and uh, it also gives them the, an idea of how many things. I basically tell them, you know, right now I'm telling people the – just start with 10 days. Just figure out 10 meals. Go to, go to the store and buy 10 canned, canned, or canned, things of canned meat. Buy 10 vegetables. Buy 10 uh, uh, starches, you know, dry goods. Uh, and basically, they now have 10 meals. And then they can just change that. They can just scale that up as they go along. The key is to buy things that you actually like to eat. That'll also tell them how... Uh, much it's going to cost them to get to three weeks, three months, six months, nine months a year. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It gives them the way. It gives them a way of actually doing it and seeing how much it's going to cost them individually. Versus, uh, you know, it's like you can go online right now and and find lists. This is this is the Uber list for for uh, what what is expected to be by calorie for the 
one year for one person. And it's like, you know, 25 pounds of oats, 33 pounds of barley. And it's like, really? Nobody eats that stuff anymore. That's what you make beer out of. So I just tell them to keep it very simple and get the things that they like and then start to build it up incrementally. I used to have a system that I, that I, that I called for like brand new preppers, which is, is not what I recommend now because, you know, the, things are not so great in the world. But if you were just starting out and getting into it, I used to have something called the six can method where every time I went to the store, it didn't matter why I was there. I would buy six cans of something. And the next thing you know, I start thinking about, Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. You know, I, I bought six cans of, of, uh, vegetables, uh, last time over here. Now I need six cans of meat or maybe I need six cans of fruit, you know? And then that would give them the ability to only spend about $6 every time they went to the store to buy this one can of something that they could put on a shelf. How do you do your, your dates on the cans and the, the, the food that you buy? How do you, how do you rotate through your stock or how do you, how do you, uh, you know, keep everything separated for the year of the expiration? Well, the, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can buy these fancy, um, uh, can rotators. And then whenever you buy, whenever you buy your cans, you just put them in and they just kind of shotgun to the back, you know, it's like almost like rotating out a Coke machine, you know? Um, and then, uh, well, the, the, I don't have one of those. Uh, I've, I'm in the process of buying a few, but I don't have one of those. And I just, when I buy this stuff, I just, uh, I have, uh, uh, the, uh, the heavy duty metal racks. Uh, so I can see all the food, and then all I do is just whatever I buy, I just stack it to the back and push the old stuff to the front. I have a friend who has different cases, so big old totes that have this is the the year that it that it expires. So we keep filling up the tote as we as we go to the store, and so they fill up yeah. the tote and then they bring that tote forward, uh, use it, and then it gets changed to a different year. So that's how he does his. And then I really like that, 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 that can system, like a, like a, like a Coke machine. I really like that. That looks super cool, but is it realistic? You know, unless you have the time to dedicate to having a system like that. Yeah. Well, I mean that, 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 uh, they're not that expensive. You can pick them up for about a little over $20. Oh, and they're just these little bit, yeah, they're not expensive at all. They're, they'll fit on a shelf, and you just buy a can, and you reach to the back, and you drop it in, and it kind of slides down into place. I think I'll hold like 36 cans or something like that. Okay. I, well, I know the where my where my mind was going was the like when I shop at Safeway here, and they've got a Campbell Soup display that it looks pretty sophisticated and all put together. Maybe it's just a bunch of that you know, put together of, of one big massive unit, but that's what, uh, that's what I was, that's what I was seeing of, of that, that track system. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Gotcha. Um, how I came across to you was obviously through TikTok, and, and you, know, we have, we have, uh, probably some mutual friends that we follow that go through a lot of accounts. Do you find yourself, you know, shadow ban, do you find yourself uh, starting new accounts? Do you, what kind of hassles do you go through when it comes to TikTok? Uh, well, TikTok specifically, um, and unfortunately, it's mostly just, uh, it's trolls or people that just disagree with you. Uh, and then, you know, there's, 
there, there's a problem with TikTok, and I, and I've sent them a couple of of uh, uh, I don't know how to how to how to how to say it. a couple of nice very nicely worded letters that uh, emails obviously not letters I'm not that old uh, <laughs> but uh, basically saying hey listen you know if you the problem with TikTok is is that the second you push that they have a button for bullying and harassing the second you push that your instant your your live stream is dead it kills it instantly. And you can't come on for like another three to five days. You could still post videos, but it just kills your, your live stream instantly. So it only takes one guy with a bad attitude, you know, and, uh, or, or even just a group of them. There's, there's actually like groups of trolls that will go in and start asking really wonky crush questions and, and then trying to get you to do stuff or just saying things that are just outrageous. And, uh, you know, if, if you engage with them, then, you know, or you or you kick them out, basically. Um, then they'll tell their buddy, and their buddy just goes in and says that you that you harass them. You know, I, I'm currently under that. Matter of fact, my my band, my live band, ended it uh, like five hours ago. So, and and that's what happened to me. I was literally in the middle of a, of a live stream last. Uh, I want to say it was last Friday, and like that, that they'll turn it off and that that's the biggest problem with tiktok how did you, you know, start as far as the uh how did i start what? how did you start your tiktok like i got mine i had mine to go you know check my daughter's videos out make sure that you know she wasn't getting bullied or inappropriate comments or anything like that that's the yeah. only reason i got on there and then now my account is uh, what well, it is it's not it's not near yours at all by any stretch but but uh, I enjoy I enjoy being on there and and stirring up the hornet's nest and all that good stuff. But how did how did gotcha. you start? Well, I started on TikTok. I well, first I started on YouTube. I've been making YouTube videos for some years now. Uh, I've actually gone through this this uh, progression of different different genres. You know, I used to actually be pretty big into into video games, uh, and so I was live streaming on YouTube and on Twitch and and doing those things. And then that kind of faded away. And then I started getting into uh, hiking. So I created a YouTube hiking channel. Uh, and then I did that for, I don't know, like five or six videos. And then my girlfriend says, you know, you're, you should do something prepping because you already do all that stuff. And I, I never even realized it. Uh, so I started doing uh, the local prepper thing on YouTube and it never really took off. And then some more friend of mine said, Hey, you, you know, you should really do, you know, I, he's like, uh, so what are you up to? And I said, ah, oh, man, I'm just getting YouTube famous. I got like almost 500 followers. And he laughed at me and he said, yeah, I got like 10,000. I'm like, what? And, and I looked at his TikTok channel and, and I love the guy, man. I actually, this guy is, he's, he's good to go. Uh, and, uh, but he's just not that entertaining. I was like, what? So I just got on a TikTok and next thing you know, I, I was watching these numbers roll in and it was just, unbelievable in in like um i want to say in four days i had like forty thousand followers and i was just like i'm just gonna keep doing this was that rollover from your youtube channel no because my youtube channel only my youtube channel just went over a thousand followers last oh. month i think i've got i'm at like 1700 followers on youtube youtube is fickle the people on youtube they're just flat out fickle <laughs> I, I find that, and, and I'm, I am on YouTube a lot just watching different videos or coaching videos or, you know, anything like that. And I don't, I don't subscribe to many people, 
but I do watch a lot of YouTubes and I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of views, but maybe not as many subscribers. Oh yeah. That's, it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be that way, but it's, it's a complete opposite on TikTok. I actually have more view, more subscribers than I have views. You know, I think uh, I had a video that, uh, uh, like two or three videos back, it's up to like 2.2 million views. But that's not that's not common, you know. Um, it, it, I normally float somewhere between like three thousand and sixty thousand views per video. Um, and people, what they'll do is they like if they like what they're seeing, then they'll actually go to your profile and start watching all of your other videos. If not, your video just kind of floats; it just sits there and dies out. I th- I think that's how I had found you. Was I was I was I'm getting into canning, and I'm um, I. Yeah. used to do it as a kid or I didn't used to do it as a kid my family used to and but it's something that I that I feel it's we're in that time now where we I, I probably should have always been doing it but I think it's really important now to have that food supply have that food storage at your house so canning is an easy way you can grow your own garden can it make it last where are you at in your in your canning because I know that I think you said you just started as well so where where yeah, are I you just, at? Uh, well, I, mostly it is. Uh, I've just bought all the equipment. I was I bought a. Um, I bought a, actually. I wanted to do pressure canning of meat uh, because uh, exactly a lot of or, yeah. So well, that's the thing. So you you're technically you're supposed to pressure can it because it can get regular um, water bathing canning only gets to about 240 degrees. Well, you've got to get above 240 degrees to kill off any of the botulas. So that means that you have to pressure can meat. Now, there's a lot of people, they do the rebel canning and they do these things and they all do just fine. And I think that's great. I think at a pinch, that's that's the way our forefathers did it. That's the way the Amish still do it. They don't even know what a pressure canner is in the Amish. They're, they're like, no, we're just going to, we're just going to water bath everything, you know? Um, but, uh, I'm I'm just starting my my canning adventure, uh, and now that I'm I'm actually in the process of moving from house to house, so that that adventure has been put on hiatus until I can get everything in place. That that's where we started. It was the meat. You know, all of us, all of my friends, were we have a ourselves a group of of like minded individuals and and preparing. We all have a freezer full of meat. Or I, in my case, I have two uh-huh. freezers full of meat. Um, I did a podcast about our electric grid. You know, we're at ninety-five percent capacity on our on our power grid, and it will not take nothing for it to being as old as as it is to go away. We could lose our power, and we're out of power yeah. for two you know two years minimum. Trying to rebuild our our infrastructure. So, what's going to happen to everything in the in the in the freezer? It's going to spoil and go go to waste. So, okay, can yeah. can it? What's our options of canning and getting that meat into jars and making it last? And that's kind of where my journey uh-huh. started was was trying to preserve what we have in our freezers. And and I, I I'm kind of at a stalemate when it comes to that because it's it, I don't know what to mm-hmm. do and I don't want to waste. Yeah, well, I I think I think with canning it's like anything else. There's a lot of really you know for for the listeners. If you really want to learn about canning, you can read all day long. But I tell you what, there are some there are some people that are on TikTok 
that will show you that literally in their video, they make it look so easy because it's really that easy. Uh, you know, the big, the big thing for, for new canners or is the same thing that anybody starting a new skill, you know, they have to start at the bottom. They have to have a mentor. They have to have somebody that teaches them how to do these things. And unfortunately today it's very difficult. So a lot of people don't actually begin that process, you know, with, with the advent of TikTok and YouTube, you know, you can, you could watch these videos and they'll teach you exactly how to do it. They'll print out directions for you step by step. So if you, it's something that you that you want to do, then I just go do it. You know, make take that step. The other redeeming value behind canning is that it's all reusable. You know, the, the grid goes down, you run out of your your favorite freaking canned whatever it is, and uh, well now if, if if you you can hunt, you can barter for stuff. But you could you can recan you can reuse those jars. You just got to get yourself some some new caps. You know what I'm saying? Very and they're not so. expensive, so you should definitely have those in your stockpile. Uh, I used to date a girl whose whose grandmother was a she was a canner, and and you go down into her pantry or, or downstairs into her cellar, and she just had cupboard after cupboard after after cupboard shelves full of jars. So I would, yep. you know, being on, on, you know, marketplace on Facebook, you could find jars all over the place for like a dollar for like 20 jars. So I'd, yep. I'd, I'd gain them up or, you know, I'd gather them up and then we'd take them to her and she'd just be happier than a pig in mud. Now trying to find <laughs> jars on marketplace is a, is a, is a tough one, but I'm able to do it. But man, it's, it, you're actually yep. having to, to pay a little bit more than you used to for them. That's for sure. Yeah, they are a little bit more expensive, and the the uh, I know the wide mouths are a little bit hard. Yeah, I've had a lot of luck at Walmart's, uh, and um, there's a lot of new off brands for lids that a lot of people are going after. So th- th- those are those are things that we can start using. There's a there's a salsa brand here um, that I that I buy here in town, and they had they had wide mouth jars that were you know, and they were a tall, probably I don't know a liter tall, I guess. I don't, I don't know how to, how to, how to fluid ounce wise, how big they were, but they were a good sized jar. Yeah. So I started saving those cause I, I eat a lot of chips and salsa. So that's the other thing I'm doing right now is getting, I'm making a huge batch of salsa and just be able to can it myself and, and store it that way. But I had all these jars. So I got all excited. I probably had 20 jars. I go get the, the, the lid and the ring and put it on there and it doesn't fit. <laughs> So I'm like, no, my, my jump start on my canning just already is now put on pause because I don't have all the jars that I thought I was going to. So those went into the recycle, uh-huh. but trying just trying to repurpose everything and, and get what you have and, and reuse it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you can't can with them, at least you can drink sweet tea. Out there, of there you go. That That's the plan right there. Um, as long as we're talking on food, uh, how I, one of the main things that I've been following you for is your website. Um, you have the the countdown clock due to the the ten weeks of food supply. You want to tell us a little bit about that, since I'm gonna I'm gonna deem you as the expert on this. Sure. The uh, you know it caught my attention. <clears throat> it caught my attention um, early on, and uh, you know I'm I'm a retired marine, and I have a lot of time on my hands when I'm not 
doing all this other crazy stuff. Thank you for your but service. I do have a lot of time. And I, yeah, no worries, man. Um, I, um, I do, I try to spend an hour every morning listening to the other side, uh, just getting an opposing view. You know, for me, discord is important. I don't want to live in an echo chamber. And it sparked my interest. So I started doing some, some research and I found out that the U.S. Security Council had a meeting on May 19th on what they considered to be, they didn't call it famine, they called it food insecurity. What I found very interesting about it was, and if you don't know anything about the United Nations, um, the Security Council, uh, every month, a member of the Security Council, a representative of that country that's within the council, um, they rotate the presidency of that council. Okay, uh, For instance, during uh, Russia's um, invasion of Ukraine, the, uh, that was the month that the Ukrainian ambassador to the UN was president of that security council. So he was stuff. They, that's why the, you never saw this great outcrying from the UN security council because he could stop it. Well, anyway, so in, in the month of May, uh, the United States was the president of the, of the security council. And normally what happens is, is you have an ambassador from your country to the UN and in that particular case, it should have been the ambassador to the UN from the United States, who was the president of the UN Security Council. What I immediately noticed is that that is not the person who was sitting in that seat. The actual Secretary of State for the United States of America was sitting in that seat. And 35 minutes before they actually started talking about statistics, the actual presidents of other nations that are on the Security Council were speaking and not their ambassadors. So this was a pretty significant meeting where they uh, had all been clearly briefed that there was a seer, very serious problem with, with our food chain. So um, once all the hoopla, you know, hoopla stopped, the 35 minutes of, of speeches by different presidents, um, the, uh, uh, the Secretary of State called up a, a young lady called Sarah Menker. Uh, and she is, she's the founder and CEO of a company called Geointelligence. Now, this is not your average, this is not your average CEO lady. She was born and raised in Ethiopia. She studied economics uh, and African studies at Mount Holyoke College. Uh, she attended the London School of Economics uh, where, uh, for her graduate studies. And then she earned a Master's of Business Administration at Columbia University. So she's Ivy League, man. She, is, she knows her stuff. Um, so her company is focused on using data analysis, uh, artificial intelligence, and algorithmic processes to determine facts statistical facts. So apparently somebody in the UN brought her in to do a study of the food, uh, the food chain and the problems that they or may not exist. And she came up with some pretty amazing, amazing information. Uh, she actually laid out five facts that just blew these people's minds. You know, uh, the first one was uh, globally, uh, there's a complete lack of fertilizer. Uh, the prices have tripled and even quadrupled uh, in the last two years. Um, these affect global crops. These are going to affect global crops for the next five years. So we're going to be seeing food problems for the next five years. The next thing she talked about was climate disruption. Uh, and the wheat yield globally is the worst it has ever been. And it has a lot to do with record droughts. 
Uh, and then the third thing she brought up was record low inventories in cooking oils. Now, we don't really take this for granted, but cooking oils are in a lot of different things. You know, palm oil prices tripled in the last two years. Um, there was actually a record level import requirement by China. China basically sucked up all the cooking oil uh, in this last year. Uh, and then there's about a, a loss of 75% of the global sun, sunflower exports uh, due to the, Ukra- the war in Ukraine. You know, so now basically there's no cooking oil. We're going to start seeing those things running out on the shelves. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, record low inventories in grains. And this is the, the part that really got to me. Uh, and she really, she, you know, she, the term she used is that this was not systemic. This is seismic. You know, uh, and she called them out. She, you know, she said that the official government reports put wheat at 33% of annual consumption. Uh, and that means that, that there's basically 33% of, of annual consumption is sitting on the shelves, right? So, uh, but the globe, but after they did their analysis, they found that the global wheat inventories are actually closer to 20%. And then she put a date on it. And she said that we have 10 weeks of global consumption sitting in inventory. So even if they harvest all the winter wheat as fast as they can, it still won't be fast enough to refill all of the wheat that we're going to be using up. You know, I think, uh, I think uh, that, that was in May 19th. So I think I put a date on it for, uh, the, the, what was it? Uh, it's either 30, I think it's August 1st. Um, but the conditions today are worse. Uh, than they are than the, in, in 2007 and 2008 during the, during those economic days. You know, there's economic problems, you know. Um, and the odd thing is, is because it's all fertilizer-based too, you know, similar estimates apply to corn and other grains. The government numbers are not adding up, and she called them out. Uh, and then the last thing she talked about was the logistical bottlenecks. We've all been talking about, we've all seen this, you know, the ship turned sideways, ships parked off the coast of every country you know it's basically just unraveling decades of global economic progress because we live in a society where it's that just-in-time supply system you know basically three days of food in any one place you know uh, russia and ukraine used to provide nearly a third of the world's wheat uh you know now all of ukraine's black sea ports are closed now um and and she closed with saying something very simple and this is, this is why it's kind of alarming. And I'm going to go and quote her here because I actually have it in front of me. It says, without substantial, immediate, and aggressive, coordinated global actions, we stand the risk of an extraordinary amount of both human suffering and economic damage. She just asked the United Nations to coordinate and do something about this. And yeah, it's time for action, not words. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. When you watch the news, you hear absolutely nothing about this. No. That's the scary part. Uh, one of the, so the I've line, just been warning everybody. The, the line that I took out of that, of, of her video, was any single issue is not good. Of any of those five, it's, it's not a good thing. All five are catastrophic. All five of these things having converged all at once is catastrophic. Exactly. Exactly. You know, basically, you know, every, uh, every, everything God could throw at you, if you were religious, it's all coming down. Not just one thing, but we're going to nail you with everything. Might as well get them all out of the way at once, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. 
So, you know, and, and, you know, I've, I've got people, my God, the comments in TikTok are just saying, you know, I can't wait to come back on day such and such so I can laugh at you. And I'm like, really, you're really going to do this? You know, but hey, I, you know, I've even have people tell me that, you know, aren't you worried about your credibility? I said, no, I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling you what somebody else said and no one else is talking about. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I just want people to be prepared, you know, and, and the worst thing that's going to happen, the absolute worst thing that's going to happen if somebody listens to me is that they're going to have food in their pantry and that they're going to have water to drink and then they're going to have security for their family. And that's it. That's yeah. all that's going to happen. Exactly. And that's what I say as well. If I'm wrong, you won't have to buy groceries for a while. You're going to have a pantry full of food, a freezer full of food. You're going to have extra toothbrushes and toothpaste and feminine products, whatever else you need. You're going to have, you're going to have extra of it. But what if I'm right? And then you get that, you get that pause of, well, I don't, I don't know. And then it's, I don't believe in that. Yeah. So you can lead a horse to water. Yeah. Well, you know, people are very used to it these days. They're very used to, you know, pretending that the government's going to save them. You know, they're they're very used to putting their heads in the sand or just, they just don't want to be bothered by it. I think it's probably the worst thing. They just don't want to be bothered by it. And these are the same people that are going to show up on your doorstep asking for help. Correct. Correct. And then that's when chaos is going to ensue because the people who are prepared, who are ready for this, they're not going to be giving away all of their food, all of their rations. Take yeah. the advice now. If you're listening to this, take the advice now. Where is your clock at right now? Uh, I want to say it's on 24 days. Let me check real quick here. Um, yes, 24 days. Uh, it's basically August 1st. Is uh, We should have technically run out of wheat products, but... I'm already I'm already noticing that what I I'd said in a couple other videos uh, I don't know a couple of days ago it's just something that I noticed and I can't remember if I was telling my Patreon or if I was telling everybody but I'm gonna tell everybody now go to a store and go to I love I I love Walmart people are like no don't go there no I love Walmart Walmart has everything I want and go to the cookie aisle you remember when Walmart used to have fifty feet of cookies six six you know six things high. You know, every cookie on the planet, go to the cookie aisle now and see how many cookies are in there and see mine is now 10 feet and uh, maybe four shelves high and you can't find the regular stuff. The only thing that's left on the shelves is, you know, double stuff this or sprinkles that you can't find the regular stuff, you know? So, and why? Because those things are, uh, they're made out of wheat. Yeah, wheat and cooking oil, and you got the double dose right yeah. there of the of the grain and and the cooking oils. No. Yep. Want to take a quick little break in the show here with the per- local prepper. First, Crave Eats Drinks Nightlife Downtown Spokane. Get down there, Jacob and the staff. Get those well drinks. Get the Jello shots. Get the food off the menu. But enjoy your time downtown Spokane. It is in the heart of all the action that is going on this summer. Tip your waiters. Secondly, Dry Fly Distilling. They have their new place downtown Spokane. Get down there. See the whole facility that's all brand new. They have their restaurant that is open. Their brand new menu. Plus, they got a brand new cook there who brought a bunch of new ideas. 
get down there, say hello to Randy, say hello to Terry, tell him Extra Lambo sent you. Um, Nomad Pro Customs Gloves, giving some love to our, our veterans with small businesses. Nomad Pro Customs, get your softball glove, get your baseball glove. All fully customizable, any lace color, any any leather color you want, and it is right there for you on their website, Nomad Pro Customs. And again, thank you, Local Prepper. Back to the show. Um, when it comes to the grain, and I get this question a lot as well, it's like, well, you know, why doesn't the U.S. just, you know, make more grain? And, and cover all of the stuff that isn't coming out of Russia now or Ukraine now, I mean. And it's not that easy. If you don't have the fertilizer, you can't plant more crops. But our government is paying farmers to not plant crops. That's when I started noticing and getting on this journey was when our government is paying farmers and ranchers to not grow crops, not grow cattle, not, you know, whatever it is that they're they're doing. That's when I started noticing and going, why? Why is this happening? And it was a, it's been a slow process because you don't want to believe in certain things. You don't, you don't want to believe that our government is paying farmers not to grow stuff. And I was told, well, they're not, they don't want too much, you know, let's just take grain. We don't want too much grain out in the market because then everybody doesn't make money at doing it and they need to make money so the government doesn't have to subsidize for that loss. Well, it's kind of beyond that. Now we're now we're really not making enough grain. We're not producing enough, you know, corn and whatever else is out there because we the farmers have have either had to sell their land to IE Bill Gates or whoever else and our government is buying is purchasing more land not to use. Or I'm sorry, they are they're paying farmers to not produce enough food for the world market. Yeah, uh, you know, my take on that is that you know we we do have to control the amount of food that it that is grown. Okay, um, but there there are <laughs> there are agricultural engineers. There are people that are certified. This is their job. I personally know one of them, and their job is to tell you what'll grow where, how to plant it, the things, chemicals you need, when to do. I mean, they just will lay out a plan for you that makes it so all you have to do is do all the hard stuff. And these people are, have the ability to help us to grow whatever we want to grow whenever we want to grow it. And they're telling me that the government is coming in and telling people, plow your fields under. I know you just planted this, but plow your fields under. We're going to pay you for it. Don't even take it to market. And that, that kind of bothers me because... You're, there's a lot of other jobs that are associated with that harvest that are now not being supported. Uh, and I also, it also makes me wonder because it's, it's like if most of the corn in the United States goes so that they can make ethanol to put it in, to, to blend it with gasoline, but then people are, people are starving someplace, you know, because they don't have corn, then it doesn't, make a lot of sense to me Correct. I, I find I'm in the it same very boat. difficult to believe yeah I find it very difficult to believe that we don't have enough corn to to feed you know 
Americans or people in the world or for a farmer to sell his corn to market so that that corn can be sent to China. You know, something can be done with that corn. There's absolutely no reason to plow your field under. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm not an advocate and I, I don't believe it's right. So I think I, I'd like to trust because this, this is a field that I'm not, not the professional in, but I'd like to think that there would be enough common sense to go, no, we, we need those things, you know. Um, we're already seeing weird things, you know. I'm seeing wheat being planted all over the place. Uh, and uh, and because they know they have to try and play catch-up. So why aren't they doing the same thing with other other uh, harvests instead of, I'm not, not harvest, but other uh, crops uh, instead of plowing them under? So there's, there's, there's a rhyme or reason to it, but most people will never understand why the government wants that to happen. To me, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I live out here in Washington State, so we have potatoes. We're right on the Idaho border, so we have potatoes, corn, garbanzo beans, lentils, um, obviously wheat, onions. Uh, what else? You know, we have a bunch of stuff over here, but but I don't see as much movement on the highways because I, I, I do a lot of driving for my job. I don't see that much movement uh-huh. anymore of products going up and down uh-huh. the road. And where one of the highways that I run is a major farming road and you're moving stuff from the uh-huh. field to the to the to the storage bins, the storage warehouses and you don't see that. Carrots, one of them is major over here and there are not the trucks moving up and down the roads. And that's concerning. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed the same thing too. Um, you know, I, the, the where I am now is surrounded by farmland, so I see a lot of movement by the farmers. Uh, but uh, other than harvesting, uh, I think they just harvest a bunch of hay. Uh, nothing else is being harvested right now. It's still in the grow season. Are you up to date on what California just did? Th- you know, just talking about trucks on no. what California just did. So they just passed a law saying that independent truck drivers cannot cannot use a broker within California to move freight because they're classified an independent truck driver. You know, obviously they're, they work by themselves. They're a small business, but they are not considered uh-huh. actual trucking companies within the state of California. Uh-huh. So they have to be with a major carrier. So they, they hire on with a broker. So the, the broker gets a percentage of what the load pays. That's how they make money. And uh-huh. they don't, they're not allowed in California anymore. That's 70,000 trucks. And I don't know if that was a month or for the year. I, th- I want to say that's a month. But that's a lot of freight mm-hmm. not being moved in and out of California. Yeah, that, that's I – don't, I don't know what the logic behind that is. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the key thing is the, 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 a lot of people don't know is that that freight, it, it – it, it, well, you know, once it gets offloaded, it moves from the ports in there, there on the West Coast to, to basically regional hubs. And I think there's one or two of them that are, that are on that side of the United States. And then from there, that's where it'll sit until it's either put on a rail car or another truck comes to get it to take it to another regional hub. You know, so if those trucks can't even get into the state, to, you know, they're, they're not going to go to the state, you know, to pick up a load. So uh, basically, every independent trucker in the state of California just got fired. Yep. 
and, and there's there's no logical reason behind that. The first thing I thought of was a cross dock situation where you're the you know you take the bill of lading and it doesn't go to California it goes to you know let's just say Santa Fe as a or or even Nevada you could say Reno and you do a cross dock in in a warehouse then that truck then goes into California to to get the load I, I can see that happening as a as a uh-huh. as a mitigation point of trying to get freight in and out and and move that those products but I don't know if if that will work, because that's a that's a workaround, and California doesn't deal with that. Knowing you know, with everything else that they that they or they put on the rest of the United States for EPA standards and freight and and pricing and all that stuff, it all revolves around California. So I don't know if I don't know if we could get away with with doing that. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it sounds like the only way it's actually going to work. But once again. Every person in California who's an independent trucker just got fired. So now, you know, it's like, so now they have to basically move their base station, you know, whatever, whatever they're calling home isn't, isn't California anymore. If if they're in the trucking industry or if they're an independent trucker in California. Well, you would think that the people of California would rise up from this as well, because it's going to affect them first and foremost before anybody else. They're not going to get the stuff from around the country that comes into California for them to use and purchase and, and, you know, stock up on. So they're going to feel it before anybody else does. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's, that's something else too. I think, I I think I just keyed in on what you were saying there. Um, And, and tell me if you, that's what you were saying. Basically it's a company is going to now need to pay more money to get their products into California. Not so much to get them out, but to get them into California. Correct. Correct. Because That's an great. independent truck driver is is they're trying to broker freight so that they can keep moving. That's how they make money. A mega carrier like Swift, Knight, Warner, Schneider, they they have a rate system, but if they know that we're the only game in town that's gonna haul freight there, guess whose rates just went up? Now instead of paying, yep. you know, two twenty five per mile, well now you're gonna pay two seventy five a mile. Mm-hmm. And it just it's gonna raise those costs. I mean that that's just how it's gonna work because now the mega carriers are the ones that are gonna be hauling loads in there and they're gonna make money from it. Yeah. So that that's how I see it anyway. But you know, I I I just don't understand how how Gavin Newsom can get away with some of the things that he does. It's 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 mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of the guy. So no, no, not I, at all. I try to stay. I I don't I don't go to California unless I absolutely have to. Same, same here. Um, one of the other things that you that I that I follow you on 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 the TikTok is the water filtration, and I know that you're a fan of the Sawyer system. Uh, the the bigger system that comes in the bag. Do you know anything about water filtration without the systems? And I and is what I mean by that oh, yeah, is I mean, is building your own. Are, are you talking about like as in bushcraft? As in as in I don't I mean I don't even know like you use rocks to filter the water through you have uh, probably two or three different 
sizes of rocks to create a, a, a filtration system through to get clean water. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin when it comes to this, so I don't yeah. know, but that was, I well, thought I, I was hoping yeah. that you would have that answer. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a hundred ways to skin that cat, but the reality is, is that any filter that you do build, you just start with your, uh, your, your largest gradient and move to your smallest gradient. Uh, in most, in most cases, you know, if, if you just do it, you know, bush on the bushcraft side, you basically one layer. I mean, you could make it inside of a, inside of a plastic bottle and it would work. Uh, I've seen a uh, multi-layer, uh, the TP system where there's, there's, there's basically like cloth diapers full of different gradients. Uh, and, and the water seeps through each one of those until it finally gets to the last gradient. Um, you know, you could literally make it pretty much out of anything as long as it's you know the the, the way they teach you in survival school is uh you you basically take a a pop bottle and you uh you cut the bottom off of it so now it's just like a giant funnel uh, and then you just get some kind of cloth or um or in, in in best cases uh some type of like cotton or like a cotton swab uh and you put a bunch of those inside of there and then then you can go to a fire and uh find yourself a bunch of charred wood and beat on that until you t- pulverize it into what they, what would be considered activated charcoal. You pour that in there. Uh, and then maybe you put uh, some very, very fine sand on top of that. Uh, and then maybe you put some, uh, some vegetation in between that. And then you put some rocks in, in on top of that. And then you maybe another layer of vegetation, some bigger rocks in that. And then next thing you know, you got a, you got a water filter. And then uh, you just start putting water through it and, and putting it into a little some some device to catch the water. And you probably want to filter it a couple times, but I mean, even then you're just filtering the water. You're you're not uh, you you that water is not really good to drink. You still need to to boil that water for at a, on a rolly boil for about five minutes just to kill all the little, nasty little things that can grow inside of it and give you a really bad day. Yeah, I grew up in Montana. You were talking about. Yeah, I grew up in Montana, and we would have uh, rust in our in our water. So when there were certain months in the year where you'd have to boil your water, it didn't matter where it was coming out of or what you were using it for. It all yeah. had to be bo- had to be boiled. So that isn't new up, new upon me. Gotcha. Um, we are we are talking to the local prepper. And you can find him on TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, Brighton, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the podcast. How are you liking the podcast? Uh, I do like doing the podcast, but I don't have a lot of time to do the podcast. That's that's my biggest thing. A lot of a lot of my followers are like, you "Do your podcast," because I like to listen to you while I clean my house. You know, uh, I like to listen to you while I do my work. You know, and. So I'll try to do it, but I've been kind of deficient lately. So maybe I'll now that you're talking about it, maybe I'll start doing it more. <laughs> Was that a progression from the from the YouTube to the TikTok and now the podcast, or is is that just something that you you know that you jumped in to try to do, or was it is it a passion of yours somewhat? Where are you at in that? Yeah, yeah. I just I just jumped in and tried to do it. Um, it's a different format, you know. Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting format because you can just take some bullet points and just start talking. You know, you don't have to read anything. 
You don't have to, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, there's no, there's no, um, uh, uh, video editing, you know, you just, you just start record, you just record and start talking, you know, and you follow a format to begin, you know, uh, it's almost like writing your, your, uh, uh, you know, a high school paper, you know, introduction, subject one, two, three, close, you know, something like that. Uh, and as long as you remembered that then and, and stayed on point, then you could actually have a pretty good podcast. Uh, but like I said, I just, I just haven't had much time to do the podcast. LP, I want to ask you next about your top three in preparing. But first, I need everybody who is listening to go to thepissedoffpatriots.com, get yourself 20% off your first order, and get yourself the scent of freedom. Choose from wax melts, candles, the Patriot bars to create the ultimate smell of freedom in your home. But there's more. More freedom. Get your exclusive Mr. Freedom Stick line of scents and clean cotton wipes. The Pissed Off Patriots, Christina and Nicole, find them on TikTok and Facebook as well as their website, thepissedoffpatriots.com. That's weird. You talk about your top three, um, water storage, canned goods, security. You want to you tell us a little bit about why you hold those three so close to you? Sure. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's different kinds of preppers, you know, being a prepper, you know, the first thing you have to do is realize who we are. Okay. So, um, there's a huge difference between being a survivalist and being a prepper and survivalist will, they'll gravitate towards bushcraft and, and really expensive knives and, and super light packs and they'll freeze at night. And, and I tell people that, I've been through some of the, probably some of the, the craziest survival courses that the U.S. military can offer. And surviving sucks. I want to thrive. Okay? So, uh, it's all about time management right now uh, with the world the way it is. Um, and, you know, p- some people talk about, like, the five C's of survival, which, which I won't go into. But... I narrowed it down to, to the three basic things that you've got to do right now. Uh, and then after that, you can start building things up, you know, and, and, and the first thing is, and, you know, basically I call them the pillars of preparedness. Um, you know, people always say like food, water, shelter, you know, and they give you this, this giant list and nobody wants to hear that. They just want to hear the basic stuff. So I've narrowed it down to uh, water, food, and security. Now, when I talk about water, what I'm talking about is actually storing water, learning how to store water. Um, you know, I where I used to live in North Carolina, um, the uh, when the hurricanes roll through there, they would roll right over my house, and I live far enough out that I may not see the power get turned back on for three to the longest it ever was was nine days. And when you're out there in the middle of nowhere and you're living on a well. Well, when the power goes out, so does your water. So you got to have some water stored up. One gallon per person uh, is is the minimum. Two gallons per person per day is the best. And then you can you can you can scale that up to what your needs are. Uh, and then learning how to treat that water too. You know, simple. It's eight drops of of uh, unscented chlorine. You can buy the stuff at Walmart. You can buy it at Dollar Tree. You know, eight drops into that water. Cap it off. 
and or per gallon, cap it off, and now you have water that's good to go for six months, possibly a year, depending on how you store it. I mean, or you can just buy big old bottles of water and stuff them in a closet where it's dark and, and, and cool, and, and you won't have to worry about anything for a long, long time. That water's already treated. Um, and then the next thing is food. You know, um, I, like I was telling you before, that, that 10 can method, you know, uh, or uh, go right now, go buy 10 cans of meat, go buy 10 cans of vegetables, go buy 10 uh, dry, dry starch foods, like pasta, ravioli, things like that. Um, go do that right now. Get those 10 meals under your belt and then, then start building that up. Uh, because right now there's no time for you to play. Well, I need to order off. Of, I need to order 27 crates of crushed wheat from from eBay, and you know, no, there's no more time for that. That's what you're going to do after you get all this stuff in place. Uh, and then um, there's and then there's security. Security, obviously, that has a lot to do in America with with firearms. Uh, one of the questions that uh, I, I get all the time. Uh, right now, I think 42% of my demographic on TikTok are female, and they're always wanting to know. They can't get a concealed carries permit. Um, they're scared of firearms. What do I do? And, you know, the last thing you want is a woman running through her house with a butcher knife. It's just not cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I tell them, I said, listen, go to, go, to, go to the sports store, go to Target, go to Kmart, you know, go to Walmart, go to any one of these places and get yourself a youth baseball bat. They're, they're small, they're light, they're good for small spaces, and a woman can, can swing those things just as hard as a man can swing a big bat. And they really, really hurt. You know, so food or water, food and security. If they do it right now, then they can start building up. And like I told you before, the worst thing that's going to happen is, is that they're going to have three months worth of food and the ability to protect themselves and their families. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Uh, while you were just talking, I was I was writing a couple things down. Uh, you said when the hurricane goes through, you're out of power for seven to nine days. Where I'm at in Spokane, we had a winter storm here seven years ago, eight years ago. That it it uh, is in November, so everything froze. The high winds came, knocked trees over, power lines down on the ground. Uh, transformers blowing up and green lights everywhere. It was it was a crazy night, and then in the morning yeah. it looked like a like a hurricane had gone through. Trees everywhere, houses having you know being split in half, cars just completely crushed. But we were out of power for seven to nine days, depending on where you were at. And luckily mm-hmm. we had a we had a pretty good sized pantry to you know to eat and and all that stuff. But a lot of people did not. And I, um, hopefully that that was a, an awakening for people to start saying, well, we need to have stuff on hand in case this happens again. So, so we, we experienced that, you know, not, not quite the destruction that you guys have over there, but you know, we, we had that, uh, that seven and nine day without power as well. Um, the other thing was the chlorine in the water. One of my, a lot of us in my in my group, we have hot tubs and pools. There is chlorine in that mm-hmm. water, obviously. How do you filter the chlorine yeah. out if you're if you're gonna have these barrels with the chlorine drops and then um, and then uh, you know you cap it off? How do you get the chlorine out, or does that come out when you boil it? Uh, well, no, no. Well, the, the, the purpose of the chlorine is to kill any bacteria that's inside of the water. 
percent. You know, if if uh, if you were just like running city tap water, that water's already been treated. You know, hopefully it's good where you are. Uh, but I've I run into people that say they can't do that because the water is so bad. Uh, but the whole idea behind using that that chlorine is to treat the water to kill any bacteria that's inside of it. Uh, pool water is already treated. If it's loaded with if it's loaded with chlorine, it's already treated. Uh, you know, I won't I'll, I won't I won't say that it's completely safe to drink it by the gallon, but I think we've all ingested enough pool water and none of us have died. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I I know people that that they have they have a swimming pool that they keep meticulously at at certain pHs um, because of the they basically now I have twenty four thousand gallons of water. You know, if the if the apocalypse comes, yeah, and that's what we're thinking too. You know, we've got we all have the pools or the hot tub, and but it was it was trying to make it drinkable to where you're not. You know, yeah, we can drink a little bit of it here and there with with the chlorine in it. But I was trying hoping to yeah. get some of it out if if we could boil it or yeah. you know filter it or well, whatever. What, yeah, there there are filters that you can buy. There. Um, they're basically they call them white filters. You can pick them up on Amazon, and they will they will take uh, they'll take all of a lot of the the hard and chemical agents right out of the water. So that that could be a viable option for you. I'm going to write that down. Um, what do you want to promote? Uh, you're you always have a mail day. We were talking about that earlier with uh, with that. What was that? The the grill system or the it was the three pieces of metal that I was asking you about. So you have a mail day, anything that you want to promote and sell or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. Well, uh, you know, I mean, the only thing I'm promoting now is, is, uh, is actually community. I've, I've got a Patreon. It's slowly growing. We've got about 30 people in it. It's $3 a month. It's less than the cop. It's, it's less than the cost of a Starbucks coffee and you get 30 days of work out of me. Um, and, it covers a little bit of everything. The, uh, the reality is, is that what, what I've tried to build through all of these different platforms is people are looking for, they, they don't have what you have, man. They don't have that, that group of people that they can like see and touch and interact with. And they're all, they're the, the people that are, have that like-minded mentality. They're craving that. Uh, so what I've done is I've created a digital community so that they can actually strut, move towards that. Uh, and, uh, you know, just last week, we actually had our very first meetup where people, when, when you come into into the group, we have you check in and tell, tell everybody where you're at. Uh, and they're like, oh, dude, you're like an hour from me. Next thing you know, they've got a brand new friend that's only an hour away from their house, you know. Um, so that's the kind of thing thing that we're trying to build with a patreon and hopefully it will do good things i mean it's it's no one's making any real money but i'm sure it's putting a hell of a lot of work into it that's for sure yeah and and you know the point of that and i i made a video about that as well on tiktok about just just trying to find people in your area if you if you want people to come join your group or if you're looking for a group put where you're at and then, then you guys can just you know connect off of that post or or your Patreon, the same same thing. And yeah, you're not making money from it. I don't want to make money from it. I want to make sure that more people are prepared for our power grid going out. We live in in 
you know, an area where we can have volcanoes and earthquakes and, you know, loss of power. You live in a hurricane, a tornado area. You can lose power that way or, or definitely a lot of damage. But it's just making sure that your neighbors and your community is prepared for stuff like this. And that's what matters. It's not, it's not about the money. I, I don't, I don't want to make money from it. I want to make sure everybody else around me is prepared and ready for whatever is going to happen. That's, that's the main thing. Uh, again, we're, we're with the local prepper. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, any other advice? Um, my notes have run out. Any other advice that you want to, you want to give to the, to the listeners? Just stop procrastinating. Just go get the stuff that you need. It doesn't cost a lot of money. I mean, if, if you're going out to dinner one night with your family, you just spent the same amount of money that you will spend for 10 meals to prepare for something bad to happen. That's it. You can find them on localprepper.net uh, as well as uh, that, those will, that website will take you to is TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, Brighton, which I just found out from you, uh, Facebook, Instagram, as well as the podcast. Look him up. Lots of information there, especially on TikTok and YouTube. I think you have more on YouTube than you do on TikTok, but look them up, local prepper, and and if you need somewhere to start, I've I always give my email extra lambo at extra lambo at gmail com or get on yours. You have a, a chat spot as well if you have questions that that you want to ask. So I appreciate you coming on, sir, and and you know we got twenty days plus give or take and i hope people are uh hearing this and getting ready perfect well you have yourself a good night thank you again for coming on yep thank you for having me thank you for coming on uh again we had the local prepper localprepper.net he's on tiktok youtube rumble brighton facebook instagram find that podcast that he's going to start gearing up on uh it's on anchor and spotify same name local prepper also also get on that prepping 101 class follow them on tiktok follow them on youtube that'd be the quickest way to find those classes that are offered but that localprepper.net his webpage. it also has the clock again we've got 20 days 20 days until you start seeing a drastic change in your food supply if there's no diesel for the trucks to haul food across, that's when you're really going to notice it because we have three days worth of food in our warehouses, in our stores, and that's it. Three days. That is it. So please be prepared. Email me, extralambo, gmail.com. Get on the Discord. Follow local prepper. Ask him whatever questions. Don't be overwhelmed by the, the process. It is very easy. There are plenty of people out there to help. You just have to jump in and do it. I brought up my canning. I'm just I'm just getting into it. You just got to jump in and do it. You're going to make mistakes. But at least you tried. And you're not relying on the government. You're not relying on somebody else. You're you're the one making that choice to get get this ball rolling. And really it is pretty simple. You you know, you go to the store, buy a couple more cans, start with 10 meals and then you're good. And then next time you go to the store, buy another 10 meals. And that's it. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully we broke some things down. If you have any other questions that go along with the show, please message me, email me, 
Send me a carrier pigeon. I don't care. I'm here to help. Because again, it's not about making money on the shows. It's not about making money to get your to, to to be able to help you. It's about you being prepared for what is coming. And if you can be there for your family, you can get set up in in your your prepping journey. And just having that food supply there at your fingertips, so you do not have to rely on this shitty government. We are here to help. So email me. Please, 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 please share the show. Please email me if you have any questions. Um, again, thank you for coming on, Local Prepper. And hit that like button for me. Share the show. Hit that notification bell. And again, again, please just be prepared. You can, you can drag a horse to water. You can't make it drink. I am here to help if you need me. Everybody else is there to help you as well. Please use those tools. Peace! Peace!